This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. You're listening to the Millennial Balance Podcast, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. I'm Shaliza Bacchus, and on this episode, I am joined by the one and only Afwaba. Hello. Hello, Afwa. So like big and elegant. You just, are big. Just a normal, just a normal girl, you know. Just a normal person. The normal person who is our afternoon news anchor here at 105.9 The Region. <laughs> and I just want to ask you like one thing. How are you? You know what? A lot of people have been asking me that and I'm not I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be answering that in a negative way. <laughs> I, I honestly feel fine. And I don't know if it's maybe all the chocolate I've been eating over the months. <laughs> that has That's been like... not different than non-pandemic <laughs> time, Afwa. Well, I mean, I have been adding it with other things like candy and stuff. So it's just added sugar. But honestly, I've been fine. I know a lot of people, I mean, they've been dealing with it in different ways. Um, maybe I'm probably internally de- dealing with it in a different way, mm-hmm. but for now, I think I feel fine, or at least in my mind, I think I feel fine. Yeah. <laughs> I know sometimes we talk with uh, Tina, our station manager. Um, she's always like, "Are you okay?" Because I mean, she's the same. She's the same. She's been nonstop since yeah. this pandemic began, and I'm always concerned about her. I'm always thinking, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "Am I okay? Are you okay?" I'm like, "Well, I feel fine. I don't know." Well, we're just one big supportive family here at the region. Absolutely. We're always checking in on each other, but I mean. It must be having some sort of mental impact mm-hmm. on you. I mean, you've you've been immersed in this news. All you've been covering is COVID nineteen since March. That's been the top story for the last how many months? Six, seven? Too, long. Too many months. Exactly. We've <laughs> lost count of how many months. Yeah. Um. I I think I think it was just maybe a couple of weeks ago. There was just a cycle, like a news day. And just the stories just kept coming one mm-hmm. after the other, one after the other. And then at the end of the day, I, I will admit, I kind of felt exhausted. I thought, whoa, that was just a lot of information mm-hmm. in a short amount of time. And I have found that um, since the pandemic began, on the weekends, I sort of tune out news. I, I don't even touch it. And that's that's totally too understandable. Yeah. I mean, there there hasn't been such a thing as a slow news day since March. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. And I think I was also... I thought to myself that I don't even remember what a regular news day (laughs) sounds like or or looks like because it's just been pandemic, 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 Mm -hmm. COVID cases in Ontario, um, stage three, stage two, restaurants closing, restaurants starting and like outbreaks and Mm -hmm. all of these different things. I couldn't even remember. I mean, what would be my top story if the pandemic wasn't even right? I can't I can't remember. Right. I I tried to think about that myself, too. And it's like, wow, like what would we have been talking about otherwise? And So rarely do you get to throw in like a fun story yeah. here and there. It's it's it almost kind of seems I don't know in a weird way it doesn't seem right to me because I'm like oh I left out this story that might be newsworthy mm-hmm. for the listener. Maybe the listener might need to know about this uh, particular type of story or this, needs to know this information, and so I can't get to those sort of stories that are more lighthearted. Granted, maybe the listeners want to hear that because all they've been hearing is yeah pandemic related uh, stories and information but there's just sometimes so much information that I feel needs to get out there mm-hmm. for the listener to know that I don't even get to those things that might be a little bit more lighthearted. I think this is why I appreciate that this is like a, a music also news information mm-hmm. station 
that um, we have that music part and we have this is where our on-air personalities come in and they bring in that lightheartedness mm-hmm. for the listeners to to have um, to enjoy their day so that it's not just news throughout the day and being yeah. inundated with information. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Now, we did think that maybe we were in the clear, let's or say <laughs> maybe about a month ago. <laughs> and, and now we're seeing this surge of cases. And I know that it's still dare I say, not that bad because there are so many more tests going on Mm -hmm. and schools are open and we're seeing cases in schools and we're just seeing so many cases all over the place. And the main thing is that they are mainly younger people under 40 this time around. Why do you think that is? Now, listen, I know that I am in the millennial bracket, although I try to deny it as much as possible (laughs) because I feel like I have an old soul. But why we're seeing a surge in cases, I think it's a number of things. I think first off, the first wave of the pandemic was during the the early months of the year. It was more colder. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going out anywhere. And Mm -hmm. at that time, too, um, March break was just wrapping up. Mm -hmm. And as soon as March break um, sort of started or ended, that was when a lot of the lockdowns came into place. So a lot of young people didn't have the opportunity to go anywhere. They didn't have an opportunity to go to concerts or whatnot concerts restaurants all of those things they were canceled so you can where even you go to the mall go? exactly malls were even closed so everyone was basically hunkered in and waiting for the sort of first wave to pass so that contributed to sort of the low case count in terms of not seeing a lot of people under the age of 40 attributing to active cases the second one of course would be summer came and with mm-hmm. summer a lot of um sort of restrictions were lifted to try and help bolster the economy uh, again since the economy was heavily impacted uh, when the restrictions were in play so when you open up things of course people are going to go outside and of course young people really want to go outside hot girl summer okay there you go i don't even know what that summer. means but i'm gonna leave that with you <laughs> um so that's number two and then number three is um we did hear at the beginning uh, when the pandemic was really hitting older people and really, you know, impacting long-term care homes. And mm-hmm. we heard um, as we were learning more about the virus that the virus was impacting older people more than young pe- younger mm-hmm. people. So a lot of uh, health experts were saying that the virus doesn't really impact younger people as much as it does with the older generation. Exactly. And so when you hear that, plus summer, live your life, <laughs> do what you want. There you go. <laughs> And I think those are the three factors that uh, played into, I guess, the beginning of the second wave. We heard that the second wave was inevitable, mm-hmm. but I think it just came earlier than it was supposed to. And as you just mentioned, a lot of the numbers con- coming from people under the age of 40 because yeah. they thought, well, it's not really going to impact me anyway if I catch it. Mm-hmm. Granted, there are some young people that ended up becoming severely sick. Some even lost their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't hear about their stories as much, especially um, in contrast to uh, what was happening in long-term care homes right. and a lot of the older people who lost their lives from the virus. And so because of that, all of that mix, long young people thought, well, if I'm going to catch it anyway, I'll be fine. Um, and I won't catch it anyway. I'll wear a mask and they you know, go ahead and do whatever they want to do. And here we are. Well, that's the thing what I think is is so dangerous about this virus. You could be asymptomatic, completely asymptomatic. You could feel fine, but you could still be spreading the virus Mm -hmm. to other people. And I think that's what we, we, I say, quote unquote, aren't really understanding about this. 
I agree. Um, I think that's that's the part that's extremely concerning because of the fact that we don't show symptoms mm-hmm. like we would maybe a cold or mm-hmm. a flu or even the fever. We think, oh, we're fine. Um, I do remember a story that I believe it was one young person that had come back from March break. This was before they started closing down the sort of the borders. And um, one of his friends tested positive for the virus, was completely fine. He, on the other hand, completely sick, was in the Mm -hmm. hospital, um, had to be put on a ventilator. He got out of it, but he was just floored. And the virus can hit one person one way and another in a completely different Mm -hmm. way. And as you mentioned, it's not really registering, I think, with the young people enough in that sense that just because maybe if you contract the virus, you might be fine, but you have no idea how your your best friend, your cousin, right. your other classmate might be um, affected by it. Mm-hmm. And that's the scary part about this virus. And, and that's what we keep saying. You have to be considerate of other people. You have to keep not only yourself safe, mm-hmm. but everybody else around. And I, I don't know about you, but I've been seeing on my social media just... Wedding after wedding after wedding, especially through the end of the summer months when the restrictions were Mm -hmm. lifted a little bit. And I'm just like, why? They are large-ish gatherings, not much social distancing happening, not many masks actually being worn properly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, really? It's very frustrating, honestly, for me to see it because at the same time, too, you're using weddings as an example. I do remember there are so many instances on the beaches where mm-hmm. it's just like, let's all congregate. And I'm like, I understand the whole YOLO thing. You only live once. We've been <laughs> cooped up. That was a Drake reference. <laughs> Afrobot made people. a Drake reference. <laughs> I know my young people. Is that the Drake guy, the Aubrey fellow? <laughs> But, I mean, I, I understand that we've all been cooped up. It's not just our generation. There are other generations, too. Everyone is impacted by this virus. The pandemic is hitting everybody. Exactly. It's not just us. You can't just not go to that party just for this year. Right. It's okay. It's fine. You'll be fine. You'll survive. And, frustrating. And I don't think that this social bubble thing has been very effective. No. Because, no. <laughs> okay, I get it. If you have a social bubble of 10 people, how do you know that those nine other people are not associating themselves with anyone else Mm -hmm. outside of your bubble. Like, it just doesn't make sense, especially for us millennials. Most of us still live at home, Mm -hmm. so we're still in contact with our parents. Or we could be exposing Mm -hmm. our parents. Our parents could be exposing us. You know, some people were still working through this whole pandemic. And it just, it's like, that doesn't excuse anything. It doesn't. And I don't know where, I mean, I heard the bubble thing and it was like up to 10. I'm like, do you really think maybe when it gets the summertime and they're all going to the beach, they're going to be like, excuse me, you're coming close to my bubble. Stay away. Right. (laughs) It's not going to (laughs) happen. And that's sort of what happened. I mean, we saw numbers going down even below the 100s. We were even in like the 50s at one point. Everyone was like, okay, we're good. It's all fine. Party time. And that's where it all fell apart. Yeah, (laughs) literally. I don't know what we can do to really maybe bring these numbers down. Like we are trying to slow the curve, but these cases, they're approaching 800 nearly every day in recent times. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what more we could do. What do you think? 
well. I think, for one, the weather is probably going to play a factor. Yeah. That's just me personally, because mm-hmm. I don't see anyone trying to go in on the beach with two degrees. But outside. there is, it is still fall. And let me just say, fall is my favorite season. You know, there's there's the pumpkin patches and, go ahead. and Keep the apple picking. examples of what they can do on their shillings. <laughs> what not to do. Don't do it. If I can restrain from going to the pumpkin patch, from going apple picking, you can do it too. I know that it's important to do it for the gram, but just like recycle your pictures from last yes. year. Nobody will know the difference. Just throw on a different filter. No one will know unless somebody really, really is stalking you. Exactly. Relax. Okay? <laughs> there will be pumpkins next year. <laughs> Man, I'm just frustrated. Halloween's um, a no. Halloween's a definite no, no. None of this trick-or-treating and costume stuff. I do not want to see any picture of any type of gathering out there. I know everyone wants to try and find any COVID-related costume. No. Don't do it. No. no. Please. What what is a COVID related costume? I feel you know what this is where I think the millennials are gonna get oh boy uh, <laughs> creative. This they is might, our people. <laughs> they might dress up as like a, <laughs> a needle. <laughs> I don't know what, what a vaccine would be. I don't know. Somebody might. I don't know. Maybe the couple costume. Maybe the couple costume could be yes. social distance and yep. they're standing six COVID feet apart. Nineteen. Mm-hmm. Corona virus. I, I, Ooh, a Corona thing. beer bottle. There you go. See the way that we, yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> Don't do it. This is, these are all prime examples of what not to do. Don't do it. Don't but do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're just going to have to really sit and think with ourselves and say, we have to forego some of these events that we want to have. Mm-hmm. It's the only way that we're going to see any sort of dip in the numbers anytime soon because they're quite high. We all have to just be like, you know what? Next year. Yeah. It just has to be a next year. Mm-hmm. And next year isn't that far away. Exactly. <laughs> so, we just have to get through the end of this and, and hopefully that's things will it. be better. Things have changed and everyone is dealing with it as much as possible, but sacrifices have to be mm-hmm. made. Now, now, speaking to that point, things have changed. A lot. Do you really think that we can go back to what we call normal? normal? Like, do you think I'm going to be able to go to a concert with, 20,000 other people side by side, will that ever be normal again? Probably not until a vaccine comes. Mm-hmm. And if the vaccine is circulated globally, mm-hmm. um, and I'm hearing that's going to be in, a, in like a couple of years before that actually happens. But in terms of like being packed like a can of sardines beside <laughs> each other at a yeah. concert, or, I, I don't know even that if that will be happening. A lot of things will be different. A lot of things we're going to have to adapt to. Mm-hmm. We have to. And whether we are going to be willing to adapt to or not, and whether we want to or not, <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. So it's just like we have to just sort of make that choice within ourselves to begin to realize that things are going to change. Things have changed. And I really think we're just coming to the realization that maybe now these high numbers are really what's banging the idea home. Mm-hmm. That, mm, yeah, life's not the same anymore. The numbers are lives is essentially what I think people need to remember. These numbers represent lives. And these numbers represent people that could potentially be in the hospital fighting for their lives. People are dealing with this. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a it's their problem. It's something that somebody else has to deal with. It's what you and I have to deal with. Exactly. And if we really want to see these numbers come down, we really have to think about the other person. I think that's just what it comes down to. Right. Can we breathe? Can we take a breath? <laughs> That was a lot. It, it is a lot. We will get through this, mm-hmm. but it's up to you and I. Exactly. These are two millennials mm-hmm. telling you that we can do this. Relax yourselves. We can <laughs> <laughs> We can forego the party life. 
We can forego the concerts. That one hurt me a little bit. I'm like, I know it did. I'm like flinching <laughs> a little bit. I'm like in the back of my mind thinking I have tickets to see the weekend in June 2021. I'm just wondering, like, do I need to show up in like a hazmat suit or or like, you It'd know, be those, a nice costume. Those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's another Halloween costume okay, idea. Okay, okay, again. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Afwa, for joining me Anytime. on the Millennial Balance podcast. We will get through this. So stay strong. Hats off to you and to everyone in mm-hmm. news who have been covering this virus and this pandemic so diligently. We're trying. I know that it can't be easy. I'm going to have a little big old glass of apple juice when I'm done. I'm pretty sure everyone's like, apple juice? Yes, that's my, my fun thing. Vitamins. Sure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm Shaliza Bakis. Afwaba, thank you. Thank you. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on the Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, Music Director at 105.9 The Region. Whether it's a brand new talent or an established artist, we bring you conversations with performers from York Region and beyond. This week from Uxbridge, Ontario, rock pop musician Craig Ewan joins us. Thank you for taking the time, Craig. No problem. So I introduced you by your actual name, but your stage name is in fact Dead Defined. Tell us a bit about the name and how the project came about. Well, Dead Defined originated in 2018. Uh, I wanted to have a band name instead of just, you know, the Craig Ewan show. Um, Eventually, I'd like to have a good group of guys to start playing some excellent live shows in the new year um, after all the COVID cancellations have stopped. Um, yeah, so 2018, I started this solo project. I write and record, and my producer, Mike, you know, traveled down at Voodoo Records. He's kind of like my side guy. And uh, I just have been bounced around from so many bands uh, since probably the 20s, pretty much. So I just kind of decided to take the... Uh, take the handle myself and uh, just start writing and recording myself and actually, you know, the whole mental health aspect of the music, I've just started to really express that in my latest music over the last year or so Um, and that's really becoming a kind of not a target market or anything like that, but a, a very popular side of music, I guess, just getting it out there, getting the word out there. The pandemic has not only affected us in terms of physically what we can do, but also for a lot of people, it's had an effect on the mentally. So you're open about being a mental health advocate. Why is it important to you to be a supporter? Definitely. Um, well, when I was young, I had many problems with mental health issues. Uh, not a lot of people know that. So now as I'm, I'm writing about it and expressing through my music, I've had a lot of people reach out and ask me where I get that content from. And it really comes from myself. It comes from my inner minor thoughts and her voice and um, it's a lot easier to relate to people and I find as I mentioned like a mid-30s male singing about mental health issues and 
life in general. A lot of people can really connect to that. How do you deal on, on a personal level? Does music help a lot? Uh, definitely does, yeah. Music's always been an outlet for me, no matter what. I've been doing it since probably when I was 16, I think I started. And with the pandemic here, things I'm sure have been quite different for you, especially as a musician who's used to doing live shows and interacting with fans in person. So how have things been for you as an artist since we've been in quarantine mode? Pretty much, we, I think I speak for most musicians, we kind of just buckle down. It's more of a studio thing to give us some time to start writing. It's too bad that, yeah, the, the venues are, are closing a lot of venues are closing because of this, because of the, they're going bankrupt, because there's no financial help from the government, which is too bad at the moment. But um, for musicians, I think it's it's time to just kind of just give all they can and into the music, into the studio, and just keep trucking. And do you think the changes the music industry has made since March, like we've seen driving concerts, virtual award shows, will have a lasting effect on the industry? And has it made you think you know, about how you might switch up things when you put shows, live shows back on? Um, yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a, a good way to keep the industry flowing. Um, but I think people are really going to miss the interaction, especially with being so close to the artist and just having that overall live feel. Um, to me, personally, I hope it doesn't go on for much longer, but as far as the industry goes, it's really up to upper management, I guess. And your latest single is Lifeline. It was released earlier this year. It's garnered a lot of attention. The music video got over 66,000 views on YouTube and over 200,000 Spotify streams. Tell us a bit about the song and the inspiration behind the video. Okay, yeah. Uh, this song was uh, kind of inspired by a uh, past relationship. And we dealt with um, mental health issues, and I just decided to kind of write about that, and the video portrays that as well. Um, I decided to have it recorded and done by a, a good buddy, Mosey Films, a great videographer, and just we told the story through visuals, pretty much. Uh, the lyrics also tell a story, but as you can see from the video, and there's a little snippet at the end that shows some statistics in Canada of mental health and addiction. I just want that to kind of come to the forefront as well. And you recently released Hurt, which is a rendition of Nine Inch Nails' 1995 hit, and was later covered by Johnny Cash in 2002. What drew you to record and release Hurt? You know, it's a song that was actually debating doing for a while. And I think just with the times right now, with the pandemic, it's, uh, it was kind of a, a song, a fitting song to do. Uh, it's very dark nature, but at the same time, it's it, it kind of has that uh, image lyric-wise and tonal-wise. And it was a song that I could easily do also. With At the beginning of the pandemic, we didn't really have studio access. So it's more of a stripped-down acoustic version of a song that was easily to, easy to, uh, to record pretty much and put out, so I thought tonight, the time was the proper time to do it right now. And is there any music in the works? What can our listeners look forward to? Uh, definitely, yeah. I've actually just finished recording and uh, producing a song. Uh, the title is going to be called Today. Um, and we're just in the works right now with a producer for a music video, a videographer. So we're planning that. If our listeners want to hear more of your music or want to get in touch with you online, how can they do that? For sure. Uh, the best way would be probably follow me on Spotify at Dead Defined. Uh, also, I'm pretty 
quite active on social media. So my Instagram is Craig underscore Ewan and Facebook as well as Craig Ewan or Dead Defined Official. Great. It was great speaking with you, Craig. Thanks so much. You, you too. Now over to Voodoo Records Studios in Toronto, where Craig Ewan is joined by producer Mikey D on guitar. They're performing Lifeline. If you missed any part of the interview or want to see the video of Craig's performance, head on over to york24-7.com. You're listening to new music on the region. Well, I see you standing on the corner, your pale so frail and used. Well, I stare at your eyes for life, but see nothing but abuse. Well, call out your name, thinking you'll realize just what to do. Or extending my arms your way, still hoping you refuse. What can be your savior? Won't you be inside of you find comfort in pain dear stain it's all that you can do what can be your savior won't you be Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.